Support comes from the Janice Hawkins Cultural Arts Park on the main campus of Troy University, featuring the International Arts Center, the Fred Nall Hollis Museum, and the Hua Baozhu Gallery. More information at troy.edu slash artspark. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Birmingham Independent oral historian Michelle Little paired up 56 strangers with opposing views to see how they might get along in an hour of conversation. The result was the Take One Small Step Birmingham Initiative, carried out by WBHM Public Radio for StoryCorps, the nation's largest oral history project, which archives interviews at the Library of Congress. Since 2020 has turned out to be a challenging year on several fronts, we decided to check in with Michelle to find out the results of this year-long experiment. Michelle Little, thank you so much for joining us by Skype from Birmingham today. Thank you for having me. Michelle, you were the facilitator in a fascinating project called One Small Step Birmingham. It's part of StoryCorps. Can you get your listeners up to date on what StoryCorps, first of all, is all about? StoryCorps is a large collection of interviews from people all across the country they usually interview relatives or coworkers or people that they know or have a former relationship with. But this project, the One Small Step Project, was about bringing together people that had never met and that had differing political views. Well, I noticed on the WBHM website there was an application form to participate in this project. So how many applicants did you get? We actually received around 300 applications. One of my favorite things about the project was to find out how many people wanted to participate in this. And and I thought it was a very brave thing for people to want to come in and meet someone that has different views and to spend an hour to discuss that. So you were the person who was responsible for matching the applicants, many of whom probably had differing views on a lot of issues. So how did you match them up for their StoryCorps interview? (laughs) It was an art and a science. I would get in the applications each day. Sometimes you could quickly rule someone out if they definitely sounded like they had an axe to grind or just weren't open to listening to someone else's point of view. Then the most important thing was I would call everyone that I thought would be a good fit for this project, and I'd have a conversation with them to really get a sense of who they were, what they wanted to talk about, what they wanted to learn, what they wanted to get out of this process, and that really helped me match them with a good partner. Well, I was reading the rules for this One Small Step project of StoryCorps, and here are some rules. Don't raise your voice. Don't call anyone a name. Don't interrupt your interview partner. Did you sometimes feel like a referee? 
I, I really did not, because by the time they got there on the day of the interview, they were very well behaved. <laughs> Everyone that came in and participated, they were overwhelmingly respectful, and I never had to break up a fight. <laughs> what were the types of people who responded in the application process? How many did you say interviews that you facilitated? We facilitated around 28 interviews, so that's 28 matches, so many different people from around Birmingham. We did get to travel one day and go to Selma to do some interviews, so we just met such a variety of people, and, you know, it was amazing to see so many different professions, so many different age groups. I mean, they did have to come to the station We did the bulk of the interviews during the workday. So if we'd been able to spread out the project a little bit further, we might have been able to travel around the state a little bit more to make it more accessible. But just a wide variety of people from across the Birmingham area. Michelle, I'm interested in how you matched these people up. I usually tried to find some kind of personal connection, either something that they mentioned in their application even if it was they'd attended the same college or they'd at one point worked in the same profession or if they had children that were the same age or if perhaps they didn't grow up in Birmingham, maybe they'd moved. Some little factor that the people had in common and that's how I matched them so that they would have something to start from. As a facilitator again, when you sat back at the end of 28 interviews, what did you learn? Well, it sounds so cliche to say it, but in the end of these 28 interviews, people truly had more in common goal-wise then they differed. And, you know, it was just a matter of how they thought we should get there as a country, as a state, as a city. But on the whole, participants seemed to find that they had a lot in common, even though they voted differently. You know, they may not have ever known that about the other person had they not sat down for an hour and talked to each other about their life experience and why the experiences that they had led them to their current views. What did you notice as the most often discussed topics? Well, because we encourage people not just try to debate facts and figures, we really encourage people to tell their story. That was the overwhelming topic, how they grew up, where they went to school, what they're currently dealing with in life, those things that help inform their views and the way they vote. So that was what most of the interviews were filled with, were all these different life stories. As a result of this project, which took you how long to do? It took a full year. Are you optimistic that people can get along in the middle of a pandemic and in the middle of a contentious political season? What was your takeaway? My takeaway is that people can get along if they're given a platform to talk about it and time and space to come together in a way that's non-threatening. You whittled the interviews down to three to present to the public. Yes, the three that we produced pieces, each of the 28 interviews were around an hour long. It was very difficult to pick three stories, three interviews that 
we put on the air, but you can't put it all on the air. <laughs> you had to, to whittle that down. What happens to these interviews, these 28 interviews that you facilitated? So the wonderful thing about StoryCorps is that they archive their interviews with the Library of Congress. So each participant is able to get an audio file of their interview, and they can eventually be found on the Library of Congress website. So the interviews are archived of this amazing time in our history. So, Michelle, what are your parting words to your listeners? Well, I hope that it inspires many more people to do their own version of this. A lot of the questions are still on the StoryCorps website, I believe, and I just think it's such a great tool to talk with others. Even if you can't get together in person, you can have these conversations over the phone or over Zoom. It's a great way to approach what's going on in the country and find a way to talk about our lives and why we think the way we do so that we can all live better together. Thank you for sharing the StoryCorps Take One Small Step initiative for Birmingham and WBHM. All right. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Joining us by Skype was independent oral historian Michelle Little, the facilitator for the WBHM Take One Small Step Birmingham project for StoryCorps. More information can be found at the website, storycorps.org, if you'd like to look into arranging your own One Small Step conversation. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is Troy Public Radio.